Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to a special edition of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I'm Anthony Cazenza, and I am joined on this special episode by my usual co-host in arms, John Sheeran. How are you, sir? We're, we're going to talk mock draft, so you, you getting ready for that? Oh, yes. We've been putting this off for quite a while, but it's time. It is time. It is time. Uh, it is time. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, basically, what, what it's kind of a neat thing. Uh, the SB Nation family of websites and podcasts are engaging in a, uh, a blogger or and or contributor mock draft where each site makes the pick for their respective team. And then we move on uh, through the order there and it goes all the way through the first round. And then there's going to be a comprehensive kind of nice bow put on the, on the entire first round of mock drafts. Uh, the, the first round mock draft rather uh, by SB Nation contributors. And um, yeah, so you'll be able to get that through SB Nation and of course on stincyjungle.com. We, uh, a combination of Jason Markham, myself and John Sheeran uh, have kind of come to the conclusion of this pick. And uh, we're going to pick for the Bengals at number 11. There's no trades or anything like that. It's just a straight, uh, straight shot type of thing. So obviously this is fluid, but uh the the pick is in for the Bengals at number 11 and John Sheeran the Cincinnati Bengals at pick number 11 in the SB Nation contributor mock draft select Devin Bush linebacker Michigan the reason why we went there John and I, that was a solid Roger Goodell impersonation oh, it wasn't bad it, it was it that was a solid impersonation uh, now I got to do the 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 the, the five yep. hug thing, yep. right? The, yep. the, yeah, I gotta I gotta do that one. But um, look, before we we kind of get into who Devin Bush is, uh, why it makes sense, why it doesn't make sense, what it means for the Bengals if they went this route, let's recap the picks the the first ten picks for the Bengals. Um, before and it, it kind of tells you why we went this route okay so first overall kyler murray quarterback oklahoma san francisco 49ers number two overall nick bosa edge from ohio state third overall josh allen from kentucky to the jets fourth overall quinn and williams defensive lineman from alabama to the raiders tampa bay goes ed oliver uh, another interior defensive lineman from houston the New York Giants select Devin White, the linebacker from LSU at number six overall. Jacksonville Jaguars select Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback from Ohio State at seven overall. The Detroit Lions take Brian Bur- Burns, the edge from Florida State at eight overall. The Buffalo Bills take TJ Hawkinson, tight end out of Iowa at number nine overall. And the Denver Broncos take the third quarterback in the top 10 with Drew Locke, the quarterback out of Missouri. So in a lot of ways, John, 
this is a one of the worst case scenarios for the Bengals is they sit if they sit at eleven and let things play out in front of them. Three quarterbacks gone, a couple of edge rushers, uh, three edge rushers, I believe, and uh, a couple of other defensive interior players. Hawkinson, Hawkinson, another guy, you know. I mean, so a lot of guys that you would think could be targets for the Bengals are gone. Your your thoughts just initially on how the top 10 played out and, uh, you know, that the, the Bengals went. We went with Bush for the Bengals at number 11. Well, for the crowd that doesn't want a quarterback, this is one of the best case scenarios because there was there there was three quarterbacks that went off the board, and I don't think that's going to happen on, when the actual draft happens. But yeah, for 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 people who want to fill the Bengals' biggest needs outside of the quarterback position, this is an ideal route for them. But yeah, you look at the other players who you would hope that drop because of quarterbacks um, getting taken early. Ed Oliver goes fifth overall, which probably is the uh, the appropriate range for. The type of player that he is, there's a lot of talk about him going just just past that and maybe getting to the Bengals range. But fifth overall fits for Ed Oliver. I know Devin White is in conversation to be the Giants pick at six overall. That's unfortunate, but that's probably where that's probably like the floor for for him, I guess. When when it comes to actual draft night, and then Hawkinson is another more underrated type target for the Bengals to look at to fill out the tight end room. And another guy, Brian Burns, I think would be a great addition for the Bengals eleventh overall. I think he's definitely a top three edge rusher in this class. Um, the Lions would make it would be a great sp- spot for him. But yeah, all those players gone, it, it leaves the best player at the Bengals biggest need and Devin Bush and linebacker. And if this is the scenario that, that ends up happening, you would have to imagine that Bush is probably at the top of the Bengals list for, for their, their short list 11th overall. Right. Uh, so what do you, what do you like about this kid the most, uh, especially when it comes to fitting with the Bengals? You just got to go through the, you just got to go through the checklist. He obviously fills their biggest need at linebacker and you know, you never want to be forced into taking your biggest need with the first round pick. Cause that's sometimes how you end up with a Billy price, but then you have to look at who he is as a player. And you just got to go through the whole checklist of him. Athletically, he's a, he's right up there at Devin white. He even tested even better than Devin white. So he's probably the best linebacker at, he's probably the best athletically gifted linebacker in this class, which is obviously checks a huge need for the Bengals because they don't have a lot of athleticism there. They have athleticism, but they don't have athleticism mixed with instincts. And that's something that, that Devin Bush brings to the table, even at just 20 years old. You know, people talk about, you know, the Bengals need coverage ability. They need guys who can play in space, but they don't really know what entails with that. It's athleticism and also the instincts to take the best angles to go to the ball. And that's something that pops off a ton in Devin Bush's film, maybe even more so than Devin White. He plays under control, no false steps in this game. And most importantly, he plays aggressive downhill. You know, he doesn't really take any seconds to, he just trusts his eyes, reads his keys, makes plays, doesn't get caught up in, in blocks, which is pretty impressive for him being only 5'11", 234 pounds. He doesn't fit the prototypical size for the position, but as we've seen in the end, it's it's evolving, so smaller guys can play in the second level and be good at it and scrape over the top and just make plays in the gaps. And as a blitzer, he's really affected there as well. So everything that the Bengals need at the linebacker position that they don't have, Bush effectively fills it. And even a couple, like a month or two ago, you, we wouldn't be talking about Bush in the first round until he had that great combine that confirmed all of that, all of his athleticism. But then, but then you look back to the film and realize of how great of an athlete he is and how, how, how frequent he's making these plays and how productive he was in Michigan. It, it, all the boxes get checked off as just a, a high quality player. And when you have an opportunity to pick a guy like this, when, when all the other picks that were off the board, he ends up starting to look like a pretty strong option. Yeah, I mean, I, why I like him is the the sideline to sideline type of play uh, that he that he seems to show on tape a lot. 
Um, he seems to to be able to diagnose and and get to get to plays pretty quickly. Um, he seems to play pretty big for uh, that that 230 pound size. You know, he he sometimes can play like a 250 pound guy in terms of of how you know his physicality, but he also moves like that 230 pound guy. So, uh, like you said, you know, for me. Before the combine, he was a guy that I said, hey, if he's there at the top of the second round when the Bengals are back on the clock, that would be a good value. Now he works out well at the combine. He has a good 40 time. He just he and Devin White both had great workouts. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of put them a little bit a lot closer in terms of um, where a lot of people had them uh, in terms of evaluations. So uh, I, I think that there, there's a lot of things there. Obviously why this makes a lot of sense is this is still the biggest positional need by the Bengals. What, if you look at what they did, what they have done in the past couple of off seasons, if you look at what they just did in this off season, uh, I know you and I don't fully agree with this sentiment, but I think the Bengals would tell you if you were to ask them candidly that they have done a lot over the past two off seasons to fix their offensive line and fix it going forward. Um, you know, they, they had grabbed Cordy Glenn they grabbed Bobby Hart twice. Uh, they they grabbed Billy Price. They, you know, they grabbed John Miller this offseason. So they, you know, they think that they have done enough with the offensive linemen to still not take one in this spot where no offensive lineman has been taken yet. So uh, I think I, I think just from that standpoint, that's where it makes sense. Linebacker is still the biggest positional need. They did bring back Preston. Preston Brown, but Preston Brown is a limited football player. Um, and I think if you have a line, you know, this sets up a lineup. If the Bengals are going to go a three linebacker look, which will vary inevitably, but if they are to go in that more tra traditional three linebacker look, you basically have Brown in the middle. You would have Bush on one side and Nick Vigil on the other side. And uh, you would hope between Bush, the athleticism of Bush and Vigil, uh, combined with the steady tackling and high football IQ of Preston Brown, that that, that group would be uh, steadied as opposed to where it was last year. Obviously, health is a big factor because Preston Brown and Nick Vigil have, have battled injuries as well. But those uh, that's, a, that's a better look, at least, than what the group looked like towards the end of last season and who the Bengals trotted out there. John, why, why does this pick not make sense? Why does this not blow your hair back as a Bengals fan and someone who covers the team uh, when it comes to Devin Bush and uh, picking him at number 11 overall. So with all the positive with Bush and the fact that he's only 20 years old and you would hope that he continues to get better, it still doesn't scream like the best value because you are picking, you know, you, you did see more talented players, players that are presumably higher on the board go off before you. You're just kind of letting the draft kind of come to you. And obviously we can't do trades, but this is a situation where I think you and I would both at least consider trading back to yeah. pick up an, an additional pick on day two maybe even early day three and kind of see you know how the board kind of falls in them because if bush isn't picked at 11th overall he could see a fall towards the, the late teens maybe all the way to pittsburgh at 20th overall so we're, we're, this is like this is not necessarily the ceiling of where Bush can go, but this is this is still pretty relatively high territory for him. I know he has people who will stand for him and think that he's a better player than Devin White. I'm not personally one of those people, but it's not the greatest value for, for Bush. It's just filling a good player at the biggest position of need. And, and you're right, with, with no offensive lineman taking um, in this draft overall, and we, we, we both at least see weaknesses still in offensive line, at least at the very least depth, because right now they have no – 
backup tackles to Cordy Glenn or Bobby Hart. Glenn obviously deals with health issues from time to time, and Hart is prone to get benched from time to time if he continues to play poorly. So an offensive tackle wouldn't be the worst uh, route to go here, and you have all the offensive tackles to go with here. Even a guy like Noah Fan, who's not – maybe doesn't have the pedigree of a TJ Hawkinson who went at eighth overall, but he has more athleticism and he may have more perceived upside to, hit, to, to his game. And while that wouldn't feel as big of a need as Devin Bush, he might be the, the, the better player right now and, and could provide an even bigger impact on the offense side of the ball than Devin Bush would have at linebacker because the, at the end of the day, linebacker still is probably not the most important position on your defense. You still need pass rushers. You still need cornerbacks. Linebackers kind of put it all together, but with how awful the linebacking group Cincinnati has deployed over the past couple of seasons, it has become this big of a need, but you can still kind of scheme around it if you have the right scheme in place. We got to hope that Lou Anarumo has that scheme in place for him. So uh, overall, you don't want to, you don't want to target and lock yourself into taking players like live this early in the draft, but that's kind of the only negative sentiments I have with with Bush in this juncture. Yeah, and there, there is a worry. Someone brought it up in the live YouTube chat. I think it was Rusty Shackelford. It says Devin Bush is a combine guy, not worth the 11th pick. We don't know that for sure, but, uh, I mean, we've seen that before. You know, guys specifically do – they do specific workouts in their offseason prepping for the combine to excel at those specific drills and – um you know, it, it wows scouts and wows draft nicks and somebody jumps at somebody that maybe isn't the greatest football player, but someone who tests well athletically. But I think if you look at the tape, um, Bush is more than just a combine guy. There's, there's, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good player. Um, the thing to me though, and, and I mentioned this on one of our older episodes, the, the one thing that kind of bothers me about this pick and going, going with that is like you said, I think, I think I would feel better about this if, uh, you know, there was the trade back scenario or the trade back thing where, you know, you could say that and okay, yeah, you still get Devin Bush, maybe five picks later, you pick up a pick later on, and then maybe you move back up into the second or, or first round, you know, depending on how things play out, just depends. Uh, just you get a little bit more value for that. But the thing that bothers me is, and you you brought it up, John, is it kind of the, the situation from last year uh, yes. in terms of what happened with the Bengals in the first round, you know, that's, I think a lot of people thought, and if you listen to Dave Lapham, the guy who uh, you know, I think a lot of Bengals fans trust in terms of this time of year and and who he has the pulse on for the Bengals to uh, potentially pick. He's usually recently he's been very spot on with that, and he said Frank Ragnow was a guy they really liked. Um, I think most people thought they liked Frank Ragnow. And they waited, they waited, no centers are going, and then lo and behold, one pick before them, Frank Ragnow goes, and then the Bengals seemingly settle for Billy Price. Now, I think that, again, they would tell you that Billy Price was their guy all along, and that's, you know, they're happy to have him, and, and great, you know, and I think Billy Price could have a good uh, a good NFL future ahead of him. We'll see. Um, but the point is, is they sat back, waited, and looks by the looks of everything, they settled. And uh, that would be, and now they have an even higher pick this year. And it would seem that with, with the number 11 overall pick, you want to try and get the best player, the, the consensus best player in the draft at the at a specific position when you're drafting that high. You just, you just do. Um, so when there's no offensive lineman taken yet, you have your pick of the litter there. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you see Devin white go early. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a little bit of a reach factor here 
And I and I think again, it's a little unfair because there could be a trade back scenario where that where the Bengals still get Devin Bush and an extra pick, and then everybody's pretty happy about the situation. But I just see a little bit of a settlement for the second best linebacker uh, so early on, and a little bit of uh, I guess I don't want to say buyer's remorse, but um, you know it. This team, for so long in the draft, they sit back and they wait to see what comes to them. And I, I think we would all like to see them identify a couple of players that they really, really want, and then you go get them. If you think that guy can change your team, change the defensive side of the ball, what have you, you go get them. And uh, I think I think that's what fans want to see from this team, and they just have not have not done that. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Cazenza. We're doing the SB Nation 2019 Contributor Mock Draft. We are picking for the Cincinnati Bengals, and we have selected at number 11 overall, Devin Bush, the linebacker out of Michigan. The reason why we did that is because here are the top 10 picks before that. Arizona had Kyler Murray. The 49ers had Nick Bosa. The New York Jets at number three had Josh Allen. Oakland Raiders at four had Quinn and Williams. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five had Ed Oliver. Giants at six had Devin White. Jaguars at seven had Dwayne Haskins. Lions at eight had Brian Burns. Bills at nine had TJ Hawkinson. And the Broncos at 10 had Drew Locke. So a little bit of a weird way that the the board fell here. We're going to get out of here in just a few minutes. But before we do, uh, we do want to remind you that you can get this show on iTunes on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify, on the Megaphone platform, also on YouTube and on CincyJungle.com. And you can get all the news updates, mock drafts, all that good stuff on CincyJungle.com as well. So subscribe to our channels, listen to our show. We appreciate the support and keep it to CincyJungle.com for a lot of updates. Speaking and kind of closing up shop here with, with Devin Bush being the Bengals pick at 11 in this mock draft, John. What do you think happens to the linebacker group if and when he is picked? Um, I mean, is there an immediate departure that's going to happen? Is it a let's wait and see? Or because they cut Vontez Perfect and they really only retained Preston Brown, is it, hey, really, there's not, no one's going to lose their job with this? I think um, because. Currently at this moment, Vincent Bray is still a free agent, and I don't think that he's coming back. And if he does come back, it might be towards like training camp preseason if they need like a roster body in that case. But I think he essentially replaces either Perfect or Ray on the roster. And then you have a, a trio of young guys and Vigil, Jefferson, and Evans who kind of fill up the rest of the group along with Brown at Michael Linebacker. And then that's five right there. Presumably, you don't want the sixth guy to be Hardy, Hardy Nickerson, and maybe you draft one and later in the later portion of the draft to maybe kick him off the roster. Maybe you have a Chris Worley kind of compete with him to take his spot, but y- y- you really have the five guys that you want activated on game day with the addition of Bush. And then, like you said, when they're in their, their traditional base defense with three linebackers, you have Brown in the middle. And I think with the, with the addition of Bush, you can put Bush at strong side linebacker, put him on the side with a tight end or the fullback, and have him go downhill attacking the strong side of the formation where likely the the the, the run is directed towards. And then you have Nick, Nick Vigil, I think, in his more natural spot, a weak side linebacker. He'll, he'll be able to go over the top, kind of avoid blocks and go from sideline to side and maybe fit his game a little bit better because he was playing strong side linebacker with perfect on the field at weak side linebacker. So I think overall, Bush makes the group better for what for what there is, for what they have right there now. 
And then you have Jefferson maybe backing up uh, Vigil, and you have Evans backing up Bush there. And then you try to find someone to back up Brown because, as we've seen from last year, we need we probably need a reliable backup there because of his durability concerns. So I, I don't think anybody necessarily loses their job that hasn't already lost their job. I guess the one exception would be Nick Vigil comes off the field on third down, and, and you have Bush and Brown as your two nickel linebackers because essentially you're paying Brown to, st- to play all three downs with, with that salary. Yep. And uh, I, I think really the only way people lose their jobs is uh, if there is um, basically if, if the Bengals double dip at linebacker in this draft right. or triple dip at linebacker in this draft, which is a possibility if they hang on to all of those, uh, all of those picks. So um as it stands, you know, they got, they shed perfect off the books. I think that was both, that was a decision that was made for a variety of reasons and a variety of correct reasons. But, um, you know, I, I think for now a, a pick of Bush in the first round would not necessarily just automatically boot someone off. I think they've made space for a player like that, a high pick. And then as maybe more linebackers get added, that's probably what, that's probably how it works out. What would you grade this pick, John, uh, before we get out of here? What would you grade this pick to, if they stayed 11, picked him, and obviously if that board fell that way with the top 10 picks? Grading picks right after they're picked is always dangerous, but I'll give a, I'll give it a B for Bush because I, I do think he's a solid player. I do think he's had he has tremendous upside with him being 20 years old, with him being productive and athletic. I think he checks all those boxes. It's not the greatest pick because it's not, like you said, the best player at, at his position in, in, in the draft. You may be leaving some better prospects on the board. You, you, you may not entertain trading, trading back when it's a possibility you can still pick him there. So with all those factors, I'll give it a solid B for right now, but with the potential of becoming a much better grade down the road. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I went. And I hate to just be, yeah, what you said. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really what came to mind. You know, I, I think it was it's a solid pick. I don't think it's outstanding value at number 11, but I think it fills an immense need um, with a pretty good football player and a guy that, that should help their defense day one and be out there for quite a few snaps uh, on defense, especially now that Marvin Lewis, Mr. Anti-Rookie, is uh, is no longer the head coach. So, um, you know, it should be a, a pretty good pick for, for Cincinnati. We'll see if that's where they go. Again, this has been a, a special episode of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast where we are doing the SB Nation contributor mock. And with the 11th pick, we have used it on Devin Bush, the linebacker from Michigan, uh, to potentially help out a Bengals defensive unit that was in a very bad way last year, especially at that group. So uh, we hope you've enjoyed this special edition. We'll have another episode, a full episode of this of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast where we take calls and all that stuff. Um, but we appreciate you tuning into this special episode. Again, get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify. It's also on the Megaphone platform, YouTube, and CincyJungle.com. For John Sheeran, I'm Anthony Kazenza. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.